habits are actually formed through tiny, tiny, tiny actions, not these large, ginormous activities that we think that we need to affect change. They can actually happen in seconds a day, and then we can build on from that. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos. If you are passionate about growth in your business, if you are growing a purpose-driven business and you want access to education, to resources, and to other amazing businesswomen who can help you do it better every single day, then this is the podcast for you. You know I am dedicated to bringing you amazing resources that can really make an impact in your business, which is why I want to make sure to share with you about PodFest Multimedia Expo. Now, you've heard me talk about PodFest all throughout the year, I'm sure. And if you were listening here last year, you definitely remember the entire Podcasting for Your Business series where I was totally and shamelessly plugging PodFest the entire time. But I want to make sure that you know about PodFest Multimedia Expo because it's coming up on February 8th through the 10th of 2018 in Orlando, Florida. I want you there. If you have been considering starting a podcast to expand your marketing arm of your business... If you already have a podcast and you really want it to work better and more strategically for your business, then this is the conference to go to. It's going to have tons of other podcasters, tons of others who are starting their podcasts, and podcasters who have been around a long time. Go check out podfest.us. And when you check out, use the code BWR and you are going to get the Boss Ladies Workshop totally free. That's a podcasting workshop that Jessica Kupferman of She Podcasts and I are doing together. It's marketing and monetizing your podcast like a lady boss. I would love to see you there. So go check it out, podfest.us and register today so that I can give you a hug in person. Use your podcast to spread your message further and come join me at PodFest, February 8th through 10th of 2018. I know you've heard it a thousand times before. Get enough sleep, eat healthy food and exercise regularly. Not a new formula, right? But how do we actually make these changes? especially when we're in the throes of building our businesses. I mean, late nights, crappy food, and extra pounds are all just part of the quote-unquote successful entrepreneur rite of passage, aren't they? Nope. And that's exactly why I brought Mariah Seacrest-Comer to the show today. She's the owner of Wealthy Boss and loves helping entrepreneurs, we hard-driving, ambitious, crazy people, to incorporate healthy habits that ultimately give us lasting results in our bodies, our minds, and in our businesses. I'm giving this to you as a bonus episode here because at the time of this recording, it's mid-January 2018 and you're well into the new year, which means that you're pushing hard towards those big goals 
and perhaps even had some healthy goals on your resolutions list for this new year. So I figured it would be the perfect time to talk about the simple and tiny actions that you can take to tweak your sleep, your eating, and your exercise routines so that you can continue to build your business productively. Mariah shares her best tips on what to do to get optimal sleep and whether to stay up late or get up early, keeping in mind the wonder window of sleep that she talks about. She also shares a concept of having a placeholder workout to help you ensure you move your body. And she shares her big secret for ensuring that you eat healthy every single day of the week that is efficient and actually doable. Mariah believes that taking tiny actions towards a healthier lifestyle is what ultimately makes a big difference. So I'm challenging you to take a tiny action on something that you hear in today's episode. Mariah, what's up, girl? Hey, hey, Katie. How are you? I'm good. I'm so happy that you're here. Me too. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. And fortuitously, we are talking in the new year. (laughs) I'm going to share with you listening that um, full transparency, I had interviewed Mariah a few months ago now, actually. Mm -hmm. And in the planning of everything and me kind of like making sure the episode was good to go live, I realized that the recording was horrible (laughs) and did not work. And I was like, oh no. Like that podcaster's (laughs) nightmare. But it ended up working out really well because we're here talking in the new year and I just thought, oh my God, this is ending up to work out so perfectly because just about every woman that I know at one point in her life has started the new year saying, I want to lose weight. I want to get more fit. I want to get healthier. And most specifically with women entrepreneurs, that absolutely lines up in what becomes important to them in their business and how it kind of feeds their businesses. So I was like, oh my God, okay, this is perfect timing. So we're <laughs> At the time that we're recording, and most likely at the time that you're going to be getting this, we're you know three, four weeks into the new year. So I'm really looking forward to having a conversation about how we can make our body like actually like form those habits that help our body to create really healthy habits. So let's start first before I get ahead of myself and so excited. Let's start first with a little bit about you. Can you share with everyone a little bit about the wealthy boss, who you are, and what you're here to do? Yeah, I'd love to. So professionally, I kind of have a mixed background and that's why I especially love sharing the message that I have with entrepreneurs because I've seen firsthand how wellness really corresponds to your real life outside of your body and and that piece of your day. So I have about 10 years experience in business development, ranging from nonprofit to more recently fitness business development. And then alongside of that, I had always loved my own wellness journey. So I had started kind of in my early 20s being active. I wasn't really an athlete growing up. You know, I was physically active, running around outside, that type of thing, growing up in the country. But it was really once I started hitting my early 20s that I started adding more physical activity into my life. At the time, I was a college student. I was studying philosophy. I had a lot going on in my head. I traveled as a musician for a while. So I was on my behind a lot in vans or airplanes. And physical activity for me just became kind of a personal hobby because it helps me feel so good. 
and get kind of that perspective that I needed when I had so much always jam-packed in my head. Otherwise, the rest of my day wasn't very active. So being able to add little tiny bits of movement on a daily basis really just helped me feel like I was performing at my best you know, mentally and in all those other important things in my life because I had a lot of professional ambitions. And eventually that kind of grew into, well, I may as well get certified in personal training and yoga and kind of teach it on the side which was awesome. I was working for the American Cancer Society, not in any type of health-related realm. It was in business development, doing fundraising and event planning. And I just started really connecting with some of the data that you would learn as a fundraiser for this cause about how integrally our longevity is tied to how we take care of ourselves. But then I also saw, you know, all of us, even within this health space of the American Cancer Society, I was working crazy long, you know, 60, 70 hour work weeks. And our society is not very conducive to building these healthy habits. And I mean, we are packing more and more and more <laughs> into our days these days, which doesn't, you know, just doesn't allow for those basic things that we need to do you know, on a, a big scale to keep ourselves doing what we love for years to come and being able to be there for the people that we love for years to come. But then even on a micro level, we're not even performing at our best day to day because we are ignoring these healthy habits. So it became super important to me to be able to bridge that gap between what we know makes us feel the best, both short-term and long-term, and how to actually do that when we have other things that are important to us, like i.e. our jobs and businesses. So from there, I just really grew into a business. I was passionate about bringing working professionals together with healthy habit formation. And then from there, taking that on as an entrepreneur, I really came to have a heart specifically for entrepreneurs because... For every busy professional out there who's working a 60-hour work week, I mean, I will give you an entrepreneur who's working 80, 90 hours and never shutting off even at night. You're constantly thinking about it. We have such a hard time as entrepreneurs to shut that off. And yet I have so much respect for entrepreneurs because of all that they take on. So that's really what Wealthy Boss has evolved to become. It's taken several different iterations to get there. And that's where it is today. I love that. And I love what you do in your message because I myself over the years have... It's only now, almost 10 years into my entrepreneurial journey that I finally realized like, oh, actually not sleeping actually has... It's not even that it's a short-term negative repercussion. Like It really starts adding up. And the interesting thing to me is that because we don't see those effects on these basic ways to take care of ourselves because we don't see those effects show up right away, like the negative effects of those show up right away, we tend to not think that they're a big deal. And in my early entrepreneurial career... Ah, oh, you talk about the 80-hour work week. I mean, it was like... I mean, I think... Like I wish I had an 80-hour work week. Right. Like I, I remember... I'll tell this story. I don't remember if I told you this before, but I remember when I... So when I first launched the Biz Women Rock podcast, which is how this entire community started, I was working full-time in our local business. That local business itself was 80 hours a week. And then I launched this podcast and I was a dork and did all the editing myself, which I do not recommend for newbies at all. And I was doing three shows a week. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. So my, and the 80 hour work week. And yeah. the, so You're I, a woman after my own heart, by the way. Can um, I just say that? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, look, I am grateful for that. That lasted about three months before I totally had burnout. And I was like, yeah. oh my God. But the point being is that like that space of that hustle and the lack of sleep and that quote unquote sacrifice, like 
that's a very sensualized part of what entrepreneurship is all about. Meaning like everyone sort of feels like they have to do that. And that's the right thing to do in order to be successful. And you and I both know that the other side of that is actual like, it's actually not pretty. And you, in, if you do this well, you actually don't have to go through that gauntlet in order to have success and the success that's important to you. So that's why I'm just so in line with your message of like, Hey, take care of yourself on... And here's some really simple and great ways to take care of yourself and integrate them into everything that you're doing. So my question is, is did you find that there are certain areas or specific things with entrepreneurs, I, I would imagine sleep is one of these, that you found yourself talking to them about a lot when it comes to this taking care of yourself and holistic wellness? Yeah. So sleep is huge. I'm always amazed at how many people... Just because I have been making sleep a priority for a while, like whatever you do is becomes normal for you, right? But when we get down to the nitty gritty with people in my community, I am always surprised by the lack of sleep that a lot of entrepreneurs get. Um, I mean, the late nights are real, the 1am's, the 2am's. That definitely is a theme that I hear quite a bit. Um, you're not turning off technology. I mean, that has physical repercussions, one, because it interferes with our melatonin production and our actual sleep quality, but our psychological impact as well, never being able to separate ourselves from work is certainly not doing any favors to even our brain function, let alone our spiritual health. And then of course, exercise. And I see exercise come up again and again. Entrepreneurs think that they have to, again, because we tend to be all or nothing, like hundred 10% in like type a, most of us, I hear over and over many entrepreneurs just don't even want to incorporate exercise because they feel like they have to do hours a day for it to like quote unquote count or for them this to even be like a thing that they do. And so they miss out on the opportunity to get the benefit of any physical movement throughout the day. Mm, I love that. And I love that you're just stating that because... So I have a Voxer chat with me and three of my sisters. And we are always talking about like health and fitness. It's sort of our mini accountability group. And literally my sister, who's not an entrepreneur, but she literally said this today. She's like, I always feel like my workouts have to be like super sweaty and like so long. And like, I have to be like dead. And like I was back in high school sports, you know? She's like, I forget that I can like go on a 20 minute walk and that can be me moving and that helps. It's so pertinent to all of us. Yes. And I think that's actually an important point that you made about what she did. What did you say? What she did back in high school or college yeah, or when she yeah, was yeah. an athlete. I see so many people compare their present circumstances and then they relate their fitness behavior to their present circumstances the way they would back in when they had a totally different set of circumstances. So I refer to this as like, I use a Scrabble analogy. So imagine that you're playing, you know, everyone's played the game of Scrabble where you put words out and you have a certain amount of letters. Well, everyone has the same letters, but they have different things in them, right? So we all have our different set of circumstances, but too many of us in our 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s are <laughs> trying to spell the same Scrabble words that we could spell when we were in our teenage years, when we have a whole different set of letters now to play with and a whole different set of priorities, a whole different set of circumstances, a whole different schedule that we had back then and a whole different bodies. You know, We're at different places physically than we were in our teen years or maybe college if we were college athletes. So I do see so many people comparing their present behavior to their past circumstances. 
That's a really big aha because it it needs to be like, what is best for me now? So give some recommendations of what you've seen work best with your clients and the the women who are part of your community, the people who are part of your community who, you know, they're in that flow of building their business. And they know that let's start here with physical exercise. They know that that's important. So give us some practical tips on what somebody can do who is either not really moving as much as they would want to or might not even see that moving regularly or in a certain way could actually benefit their business and what they're showing up to do. Yeah, absolutely. So I always, always, always recommend starting small. So if you set that giant goal, what you're going to do is one, it's not going to be realistic. You're not going to be successful with it. Then you're going to feel like crap about it. And how many of us want to repeat something that we feel crappy about? Never. Right. When you ever want to do something that you felt like you failed at before? Never, never, never. So I always recommend that you start small. And I recently interviewed a behavioral psychologist whose doctoral work is in the the field of behavior modification and habit formation. So we can link to that if you want at the show notes. It was absolutely fascinating hearing him speak about how habits are actually formed through tiny, tiny, tiny actions, not these large, ginormous activities that we think that we need to affect change. They can actually happen in seconds a day, and then we can build on from that. So I always recommend starting small, and I always recommend having a backup plan. So I know I'm thinking of one member of my Wealthy Boss community in particular, who is so awesome at this. And she's, I mean, she's knee deep in running a new business. It's her first couple of years of running her business. And she has so many projects that she's taking on and a schedule that can be kind of, you know, this, that, and the other. And I thinking of her in particular, I feel like whenever she reports in and says, you know, I've had a really good week, I've been consistent. It's because she had a backup plan. So she always has that, that backup plan. Okay, I'm going to go running 5 miles today. But if it's icy out then and the weather doesn't permit me to do that because she lives in a cold climate, then I am going to do this whatever 10-minute stretching DVD at home, whatever it might be. So having a backup plan is always huge. And then of course, just making sure that your goals actually align with the schedule that you have. I do think it's important to look at what you enjoy doing. I absolutely do. But if you love, say, taking... I don't know, taking spin class, but your nearest spin studio is a 15 minute drive away and it's an hour long class and you have young kids at home. Do you think that's going to be the most realistic plan for your schedule? No, probably not. So you probably need to find those activities, whether that's doing a, a video at home or going on a walk if the weather is nice out or going on a bike ride. You have to get super, super honest and realistic about what you can do on a regular basis, not just on your best days, but every day. And then have that backup plan. Even if it's not going to burn like super mega calories, like can you go stretch for 10 minutes in your home, in your living room? Like, yeah, there's probably not a whole lot that can can derail you from doing that 10 minute stretching. And while that might not carve that six pack set of abs that you want by next month doing that, what it's doing is it's preserving that time. It's protecting that time. And any time that you take out of your day to spend on physical movement, particularly if it's not killing you and leaving you panting on the floor, is going to have a positive association. And you will start to notice how you feel throughout the day when you're adding in those little bits of activity. I love that. The backup plan. That is so useful. And I don't think I've ever like thought about the fact that like I do that every once in a while. I call it my placeholder workout. 
Ooh, that's a good idea. And I love that. And for, and you know, I'll just speak to those of you who have kids, because that's sort of the space that I'm in right now. I find without knowing what that term was, and this is a perfect term for it. That's what I'll do. Like if I don't get the workout in the morning, what I'll do is like, okay, Sedona and I will just go on a walk or on a run to the park or whatever. I love that because that does ensure like, okay, some way, somehow I'm going to be moving today. And typically, I mean, placeholder workouts can be different for everyone, but I feel like the most accessible ones for most people are going for a walk or doing some type of stretching or, you know, workout video from home. And I have workout videos you can do at home. So we've got options. Love it. <laughs> Love it. And yes, we will be linking back to your site in the show notes here into the podcast episode that you had mentioned before. Okay. So that's about exercise. And I don't feel like we need to talk too much about how amazing stopping your day to go exercise. Like I, I feel like it's pretty obvious how powerful that actually is for your level of intensity and focus when you do come yeah. back to work, right? Like, Oh my gosh. Can we talk about that for a yeah, second? Okay, please. Let's go. <laughs> I'm just going to hijack this conversation. Yeah, go. Yeah. Is so important. If you look at productivity research, the people that are physically active on a regular basis absolutely have the most objective results in their productivity. So much research has been done around this. In fact, there was a study done by Crone in 2002 that studied... Now, they weren't studying entrepreneurs specifically, but they were studying employees and their productivity. And they noted that the people that worked out two to three times a week, always had higher productivity outcome measures. They measured it objectively under a scientific method than those who didn't work out. Those who worked out four to five days a week had more productivity outcomes than those who worked out two to three times a week. And what was even more fascinating than that, because sometimes you can kind of just make wonder like, what is the chicken and what is the egg? Is it the ambitious people that get more done and also happen to work out? No, they actually were shown to be the most productive precisely on the days they worked out. Interesting. Ah, uh, okay. If you needed one more reason to make sure you get that workout in. <laughs> and, you know, I'll sort of put my personal note in here, which you may or may not agree with, but like everyone immediately thinks like, I need to have a workout early in the morning in order to be the most productive throughout the day. And my answer to that actually goes back to your statement of like, do what's reasonable that is going to line up with your schedule. Because my answer to that question is always like, work out at the time of day when you're going to do it. Yes. <laughs> like, that's when to schedule it. Like when that's, you actually yeah. are going to do it. The best time to work out is always when you're going to actually do it. I 100% <laughs> agree. Now, there are studies that show that the most consistent workouts do tend to happen earlier in the morning. But if you have a flow and you are being consistent with it, then that is what is right for you. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Okay. Let's get into sleep a little bit. I really do want to talk about this because just like you had mentioned before, I really do believe that sleep is one of those things that we easily take off of our schedules in order to do more business, in order to fit in more family time, in order to do more of what we want to be doing in the waking hours. And so I feel like sleep is like the first thing that we start to eliminate off of our schedule. So tell us a little bit about what your vantage point is there, what you've seen with the women in your community. Like what, what do we have to learn here? Yes, absolutely. Well, just even taking a bigger step back first, I always like looking at like the hard science behind sleep and its outcomes on the other things that are important to us in our life. And there are so many studies that indicate that our work, just like physical activity, having the proper amounts of rest shows up huge in the outcomes of our work with our brain function. There was a study done, I believe it was the one done by... I'm going to have to find out specifically what that is, because I can't remember the source, but it was a, a study done by a medical association in Canada. And they actually did a study on doctors. It was the same set of doctors too. So this is interesting. They had them perform the same set of tasks once 
fully rested and once after a night of being fairly sleep deprived. And the same people took, I think it was like 19% longer to do the same set of tasks when they were sleep deprived and made significantly more errors within those tasks. So if you look at that, obviously, if I mean, and doctors being a very educated and sophisticated and high functioning group of professionals, I mean, just think what that could mean for you in your business. You're staying up later to get the work done, but the work's taking you 20% longer. You're making more mistakes with it. So then you're going to have to go back and redo it anyway. Or maybe you're putting subpar work out there into the world. So from a very scientific standpoint, our brains function with sleep. That's what they're designed to do. Um, Our prefrontal cortex is a portion of our brain that tends to become more activated, the better rested that we are. The prefrontal cortex is the region of the brain that's responsible for basically everything we do in business, at least a large portion of what we do in business, including strategic thinking, including um, exerting willpower and discipline and self-control, including high-level thinking where you're not just reacting to whatever comes your way. I know, you know, when you're... Think about it. When you're really tired and you know you have a lot of work to do, that's not really when you want to be taking on those big projects, right? You may know that you have this humongous project in your business that you're putting off. And what are you doing? You're responding to emails, right? You're reacting to social media posts and you aren't actually doing the highest value work. And the reason for that is because your prefrontal cortex is actually deregulated when you're sleep deprived, meaning that you're not functioning at a more strategic level that we need to be as the CEOs in our business. Okay. Which is beautiful and amazing and makes, I think, all of us listening going, yeah, I know, I know, but Mariah. Okay. (laughs) Yes. So I am sure this is not the first time that you have been asked to give some practical tips, like doable tips. So, you know, there are women listening right now who are like, okay, got it, but I am, you know running this business and it's in growth, like all of the things, right? All of really are so only so many hours in the day. Right. So so what do you recommend to kind of get started on this path of making sleep a, a priority? Yeah. So I've got some really good news. And then before I even get to the super practical stuff, I want to say, I also like everything that I teach, I don't teach that there is one perfect schedule for the business owner, because I do believe I've been in hustle mode for three years. There are things about my healthy habits that I would love to bring into more balance, but I'm doing the best that I can. I'm, I'm able to take advantage of what I can build into my schedule right now. And I'm able to reap the benefits of that. And as my business progresses and as I'm able to hire bigger teams and leverage my processes better, then I can include... Like for me, it's taking more time off for my mental, you know, for my emotional health and my and having more, you know, white space in my schedule. So with anything that I teach, always recognize that even if you start with little bitty bits, that's still gonna give you some benefit. And then I get it. There is just a reality to building a business. And I don't think it has to be quite as physically depriving as we sometimes believe it to be. But I do think that there are stair steps to getting ourselves to that place of maybe what we might consider to be that ultimate place of balance. If balance ever even exists or that, that ultimate place of where we'd like to be. So with all that being said, I actually have some really good news when it comes to sleep. I would love to see each of the Biz Women Rock uh, members getting more sleep, but... There is some good news. If you're not able to add more sleep to your schedule right now, you can actually optimize the sleep you already get and that can have a huge payoff. So that doesn't even take any extra time. Several different ways that I teach to do this. So 
I'll just start popping them out rapid fire. First of all, you want to make sure there is zero light in your bedroom. So zero artificial light. Starlight, moonlight, that doesn't really tend to disrupt your sleep cycles. But having any type of artificial light. So this includes a TV or a DVR player, which hopefully you're not watching TV in the bedroom. Just by virtue of having that technology in your bedroom, you probably have like a power light that even when it's turned off and it's red, it's blinking. Are you laying awake staring at that at night? You're not. But that actual bit of light can actually seep through your skin and disrupt your sleep cycles. So even if you're not consciously waking, you're not getting as good of sleep with any type of artificial light source. Certainly phones in the bedroom, we want to make sure that those are all pulled out. If you have street lights coming in through the curtains, I recommend investing in a set of blackout curtains. If you travel a lot, if you go to a lot of conferences or you travel to go meet with clients, get a $10 sleep mask. They help so much. I get mine from Bed Bath & Beyond. They block out so much light because hotels are always notorious for having gobs of artificial light come in. So just blocking out that light is going to do wonders for helping you get better sleep. Most people, if you truly suffer from insomnia, obviously, if it, if you have a diagnosed condition, you want to speak to a medical professional about that as well. But studies show that most people who are true insomniacs, in fact, some studies show up to 100% of insomniacs under study have shown to be deficient in magnesium. So making sure that we have proper amounts of magnesium in the body can be really beneficial to getting the right sleep as well. Now, magnesium supplements are not really optimally absorbed by the body. So just popping a magnesium pill usually isn't going to be the most effective way to get magnesium. So Epsom salt baths, so Epsom salts are actually a form of magnesium. Those are absorbing it through your skin is a really efficient way to get more magnesium in a really balanced and absorbable format for your body. If you don't have time to take an Epsom salt bath at night, because this is all about saving time, we, they even make magnesium spray that you can just spray directly on your skin. I use Ease Magnesium, Ease brand, E-A-S-E. And that can be a great way to make sure that you're getting all the minerals that you need. And magnesium in general is a good thing for entrepreneurs to be making sure that they're putting on their bodies because your body actually utilizes more magnesium, the more stressed you are. And most entrepreneurs are pretty stressed. So, Interesting. Yeah. But I love the idea of the Epsom salt bath. I mean, even in... You want to talk about saving time. I mean, you know, you don't need to spend like three hours in the bathtub. You could spend, you know, 10, 15 minutes just soaking in the bath, get the Epsom salt in there. That 15 minutes then is spent you're going to be sleeping better for the rest of the night because of it. So that that's working out really well. That's good math, that. right? Yeah. Um, what else? There's so much. If you can arrange earlier in your day to, if not be outside in direct sunlight, at least be close to sunlight in the morning, access and exposure, especially through the eyes to sunlight early in the morning, resets our body's circadian rhythm so that at night, our body starts to ramp up its production of melatonin, which helps signal the body that it's time to sleep and be able to fall asleep as it should and not lay there awake. So those are just some really practical ways that don't take any time. And most of them don't take any extra money to make sure that we're capitalizing on the type and quality of sleep that we get. One other tip that I have on this, and at I guess you could argue it's time-related, but you don't necessarily have to spend more time on it, is our body produces its most restorative hormones during the hour, if we're sleeping, during the hours of 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. 
Oh, wow. So if you are trying to debate whether or not you should stay up later to work on a project or get up earlier, biologically, you're actually better off to go to bed earlier. Make sure that you're capitalizing on what I call the wonder window of those sleep hormones that are going to be delivering the most potent supply of restorative hormones to the body and the brain during those hours and then just get up earlier to finish that project because then your brain's going to be in a better state. I just love that you validated the fact that I do that. (laughs) Literally last night, I was like, I don't have the mental... And here's why I want to put it into practical reality. So raise your hand if you're listening to this and you totally get this, where I'm brain dead. Last night, I was just, oh, I'm brain dead. I don't even have like the capacity to like respond to an email right now, right? Or even respond to a message in a thoughtful way. So I was like... And I still had a major thing I needed to do. And I was like, I'm just going to go to bed. I'm going to get good sleep. And then I'll wake up in the morning and do it. And sure enough, sure enough, happened. So thank you for validating that. Absolutely. (laughs) Keep it up. So this is all really good stuff. So here's what I would love to do. I would love to conclude by really pinpointing where we are in our businesses right now, which is at the time that this recording is going out, we're at the beginning of the year. This is actually going to be true for women entrepreneurs, no matter what time of year it is, which is that like, we're all like ambitious to grow, right? Like we're really, no matter what that growth looks like, we're really ambitious to move and to do some big things. And we want to achieve these big goals. And it's pertinent, obviously, in the beginning of the year. You gave us some really great tips on like, you know, how to get optimal sleep, you know, making sure we go to sleep at a certain time that could be optimal for the wonder window, the exercising. I want to touch just a little bit on the food part because that's a that's kind of a conversation in and of itself. Give us some practical tips for how we can be incorporating some better foods. And I really, I'm going to ask you not to roll your eyes if you listening have heard like over and over again about, okay, here's proper nutrition 101 (laughs) over again for the 800th time. But I just want to sort of bring these things up top of mind again so that we can take these little... I love that you call them the little bite size of habits, you know, little mini actions that can all help develop better and better habits for us that produce better results for us. So talk a little bit about nutrition. Talk a little bit about like, what are we putting in our bodies that can really help us in this journey? Tell you what, I'm going to talk a tiny bit about the what, and then I'm going to spend more time because most of us have heard about the what. I'm going to spend a little bit more time talking about the how, because that's where most of us get tripped up with nutrition. So I think a fantastic place for many of us to get started, which again, they might roll their eyes too, because we've all heard this, but it's such an easy place to get started is if you're not drinking enough water throughout the day, That is such low-hanging fruit and it impacts everything from your metabolism to your sleep to your brain function, all those other health things that have to do with our health. Staying properly hydrated is going to help those all function better. So it's just a really efficient way to get started on a healthy habit. You know, so commit to, you know, whether that looks anchor it to a specific time of day or a specific behavior that you already do, whether it's, you know, every time I check Instagram, I'm going to drink a glass of water, whatever that might look like for you, make it really specific, tie it to the routine that you already have. And that's a really great place to just get started. As for all those other healthy foods, we already know we should be eating. Most of us have an idea of of kind of what we should be doing next. Maybe it's not a perfect understanding of nutrition, but most of us could probably know that we could probably stand to eat more fruits and vegetables, maybe fewer processed carbs. Here is my biggest takeaway or biggest tip to leave you with. And it is not a content-related one. It is an organizationally related one. Cook once a week. Don't cook every single day. Cook once a week and make enough that you can freeze for future weeks. It takes so much less time 
to create, say, seven servings of one thing that you freeze for the next seven weeks than to create seven different things to eat that week. I know that's super high level. I teach whole systems on how to do this, but this has been for me one of the biggest game changers for my nutrition that I personally put into place that has allowed me to keep working these crazy 60, 70 hour work weeks and still have good nutrition is that I cook once a week. You do have to get organized with that, right? You have to plan recipes that can be frozen and make sure that you have the containers that can fit in individual portion sizes because it doesn't do you any good to thaw it once a week and then freeze it again. So you do have to get kind of practical about that. And I've got some resources to help you you need with that. But cook once a week in batches, even if it's just cooking lunch for the week, like cook a huge pot of soup with vegetables in it and eat it the whole week if you don't mind eating the same thing every day. So even if you're not freezing it for the future, cook once a week in batches, batch cooking. I swear by it. It's how I've been able to eat healthy for the past couple of years. I love that. Oh, that's such a good tip. Okay, that's going to be my challenge because I don't do that. And that's one of those, like, I know I need to because literally, what this, happens? I know yeah. this is what it looks like. Like, I finish the day, go pick up the little one. She needs to eat. So I'm trying to finish something to cook for her, but she's, I'm feeding her snacks while she's doing that. So she can, right. And then, like, an but hour you're starving, I'm starving, and you have time and, to cook for yourself. Right. An hour I later, dinner might be done. And <laughs> yeah, that's why I started. I started batch cooking maybe three years ago because I was exactly in that situation. It's like, okay, crap. Like you have to eat every single day, but every single day, something comes up. So if you cook once a week, like the chances that something is going to derail you once a week from cooking are, are much lower than the chances that something could happen, you know, once every seven days. Like it just, I love that. Yeah. I love it. It's been a total game changer for me. And you know, like I'm loving all of these tips here because ultimately what it is, is a sort of a perfect culmination of what is ultimately great for you from the inside out that impacts how you show up to your business. That's actually kind of efficient and smart, right? So my challenge to you listening would be... If you are not quite where you want to be in business yet, which is all of us, because we're always, we're all ambitious, right? My challenge to you would be to look at where you are in your relationship with your food, with your sleep, and with your exercise. And instead of thinking you got to take on the world and be a marathon runner who is 100% raw vegan tomorrow, take up this challenge with yourself of just like, let me make a minor change. Let me make a mini change. The tiny actions. You know, take tiny actions in each of these spaces so that you can start, they can start building on each other and really getting results. Um, and I just, I love this overlap of where this stuff really fits into how we show up in business because they have massive impacts that add up over and over and over again. So, Mariah, thank you so much for sharing thank your wisdom you. here. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Katie. I love helping others and I love helping it not feel so scary. It does not have to be scary. It is does not have to be overwhelming. Over time, it can become something that you depend on. And it is just one more tool that you have in your toolkit of being on top of your game as an entrepreneur. I love it. And if you were as impressed as uh, I was with Mariah's knowledge and all of her information, go check out her website and that will be in the show notes. And please definitely check out her podcast, The Wealthy Boss Podcast. And Mariah, just say your domain here so people can listen to that. What is your URL? 
So if you go to wealthyboss.com and that's a play on words, which is super cute when you look at it, but doesn't come across really obviously on audio. So wealthy boss is spelled W E L L. So wealthy like wellness. So wealthyboss.com. You can find a link to my podcast and blog, um, free resources like workout videos, meditation challenges, lots of articles. And then the, yes, the wealthy boss show is the name of the podcast. So you can find that on iTunes or Stitcher, Google play, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Awesome. Mariah, thank you so much again, my dear. Thank you so much for having me. So fun to talk about all this with you. Thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this episode today. I am so grateful that you are here listening. If you want to connect with your fellow listeners and start having more and more business conversations so that you can learn all the intricacies you need to learn about growing a business and growing it purposefully and making it grow beyond what you can possibly imagine, go connect with thousands of other business owners in the Biz Women Rock community. We have a private Facebook group that is totally free for you at bizwomenrock.com forward slash group. I look forward to seeing you in there.